Summer driving is here, and so are the red-hot deals on the best tire brands at Dobbs. Money saver June deals on new sets of Goodyear, Cooper, Continental, Michelin, and Pirelli tires. Click on GoToDobbs.com to find your next set of tires today. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Mike Petriello is one of my favorite baseball analysts in the country. And Alex, it has been far too long since we've been able to actually talk with him about any baseball because we didn't have baseball for like three months. So right now we are very happy to be joined once again by Mike Petriello of MLB Network and MLB.com. He joins us via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line alongside Alex Ferrario. I am Brandon Kiley. Mike, we appreciate the time as always, man. It is so wonderful to finally be able to talk ball with you again. How are you doing today, my man? Man, you guys thought it was hard for you. At least you could complain about baseball for three months. I just had to keep my mouth shut. It was excruciating. <laughs> that That is a totally fair point. Uh, I felt horrible for everybody that worked at MLB.com, MLB Network. I mean, listen, like we're not out here digging ditches. I get it. Like we've, We are all very blessed with what we do for a living. But, man, that had to be miserable for you for three months in New York. Yeah, not super fun. I mean, you know, there were times where it was entertaining to dig back into stuff from the distant past. Like, you know, you got to spread your wings a little bit. But uh, at a certain point, I was like, okay, I really need there to be baseball. And I can tell you this, like two days after the lockout ended and the free agency stuff all started happening, my wife comes up to me and she says, hey, you seem a lot less miserable today. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> totally true. <laughs> that that sounds about right. I think we all had something similar to that experience. Mike, what did you sit in front of more? I don't know if you're a video game guy. Did you sit in front of like Major League Baseball, the show on PlayStation, or did you just sit in front of just analytics on baseball <laughs> reference throughout the time there was no baseball? You know what I can tell you I did? I watched hockey, and because I've got two kids under six, I went to bed at 930. <laughs> Oh, my Good God. For you. That is my life. <laughs> Mike, I'm the pre- and post-game host for the Blues, and I have a one-year-old. I go to bed at 8.30 when there's no Blues games. Uh, well, I got to tell you, as a Devils fan, thanks for sending us John Gillies. I'm not sure how well it's working out. Hey, man. He got us a shootout uh, a shootout loss, and that's one point we needed right now. Alex would have really appreciated you if you would have yeah. sent us Ryan Graves. Yeah, we would have liked Ryan Graves. That's neither here nor there. All right, Mike, let's get to the Cardinals. I'm going to start a little open-ended because we haven't talked to you in a minute. What do you find most interesting about this team? As you're watching them right now in spring training or you're thinking about what this season's going to look like for the Cardinals, what piques your interest about this team? Uh, you know, two things, really. Uh, first of all, the outfield. I'm pretty sure I was on with you guys, you know, about a year ago when we were talking about the young outfield. And I said, you know, the one thing I really don't like is that they're going in without a veteran bat and they're kind of relying on these three guys to be healthy and successful. And for the first half of the season, it didn't really work, right? There were injuries and rough starts. And then in the second half of the season, it was really, really good. And I think there's more in there from Dylan Carlson. Like, I, I'm not going to go so far as to say this is, you know, the best outfield in baseball or anything, but this could be a top five outfield, you know, which is really, 
really good. And then you combine that with Goldschmidt and Arenado, and that sort of papers over the questions I think you have at shortstop and yes, behind the plate. I'm sorry to say it. And I think that's really going to help. You know, the second thing is, from my point of view, it seems like the thing that the Cardinals fans were most angsty about was not getting a big middle infield bat, which I agree would have been very nice. But for me, the biggest risk factor on this team is is pitching. I, I'm worried about the pitching depth, and I'm really interested to see how that outfield is going to play. With that being said, Mike, how would you grade this Cardinals offseason? Not so much of the moves that they made, but knowing the landscape of the available free agents and names that were out there and the lack of moves that the Cardinals did, how would you grade their offseason? I would grade their offseason, I guess if you put them in the context of all 30 teams, a C minus. If you put them in the context of the rest of their division, an A plus, 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 plus. <laughs> you know, because that's going to help them a lot. Listen, I like Steven Matz. I think. He's going to be really interesting because he has almost always played in front of really rotten infield defenses, which is not great for a ground baller. And obviously the St. Louis infield defense is phenomenal, you know, so I think he's really going to be good. Interesting to get Verhagen, you know, back to the States. Otherwise, like you said, they just didn't do that much. They're rolling it back to some extent, which is always risky. Um, It's kind of hard. You know, you see some of the moves the other teams made trading for Matt Olson and signing Freddie Freeman. Not that the Cardinals are going to get a first baseman, but at that level, uh, of stuff, it's hard to see a team like Texas, you know, sign these giant free agents because I don't believe for a second that Texas can afford something that St. Louis can't afford. You know, so it was underwhelming and slightly disappointing. But you know, half the other teams in their division took a giant leap backwards, so they're still in decent shape. Let's talk about that rotation because I, I'm fascinated to see what they end up looking like this year in the rotation. They say they're going to be flexible. They're going to do all the modern stuff. They're going to use openers. They're going to do piggyback. All, all of these different things. All of the things that you hear teams say in the offseason, Mike. And then you get into the season. It's like, hey, we've got our five guys. They're going to go five innings. We're going to try to get the win. and We're going to go to our bullpen after that. But what are your biggest questions about that rotation? And when you say that you're curious about their depth, you're maybe concerned about their starting depth. Uh, what what's coming to mind there for you? Well, obviously, number one is the health of Jack Flaherty. You know, like that goes without saying. I think he still has what it takes to be like the really top ace we saw a couple years ago. But now it's been a couple seasons since then, and he's already got you know shoulder injuries, and it's it's uncertain what you get from him this year. You know, so that is a big blow. Then your remaining guy at the top of the rotation is Adam Wainwright, and I'm not going to say a single bad thing about Adam Wainwright <laughs> the way he's pitched the last couple of years. Personally, I want him to pitch forever because he's three weeks older than I am, and I want somebody like that to always exist. But the fact is, you know, he's going to be 41 years old. That is that is not necessarily the age where you can look at, at a pitcher and say, okay, I'm very confident I'm getting 190 innings. I mean, if anybody can do it, he can. It doesn't change the fact that he's going to be 41 years old. And then you look at the guys behind him. You know, Hudson is coming off a major injury. Michaelis is coming off, you know, an injury-plagued season. I don't know what you get out of Verhagen. And then the guys behind that, you know, Woodford's okay, I guess. And Matt's is like, it's fine. You know, but if Wainwright starts pitching like a 41-year-old, then Steven Matz is your ace. And I don't think that's kind of the position a contending team wants to be in. So, Mike, uh, I think a lot of Cardinals fans, they saw the names that were available free agency, and, and there weren't a whole lot out there that made people excited. But a lot of fans have gotten excited about the two available pitchers over in Oakland, Sean Manaya and Frankie Montas. Are you surprised that the Cardinals haven't made a move to help that pitching because of the Jack Flaherty injury? 
in terms of those two guys, I'm surprised that nobody has made a move because it's not just St. Louis, right? Like Minnesota desperately needs one of those guys. The Yankees could really badly use one of those guys. Now, a couple other teams. So I'm surprised that Oakland doesn't seem to have gone, you know, full tear down. They're still holding on to some of them, and that's a little bit surprising to me. The move I think that the Cardinals should have made is, is they need upside, I think. You know, you've got a lot of guys who I think could probably give you 50, 60, 70, like decent innings. They don't have anyone outside of Flaherty who I think is really like got ace upside. And I would have loved to see them go after Carlos Rodon. And I know he's hurt a lot, but when he's healthy, he is one of the best pitchers in baseball. I think that would have really been the move that would have set them apart this winter. Can I tell you why I, I, I'm going to... I'm going to play devil's advocate here, Mike. The one thing Boo. that I had concerned about here, because I, I will, full disclosure, Alex said the same thing. And I said, I, I actually don't think they can make that move. I think they have so much built-in concern with injuries inside of their rotation right now. I don't know that they could have taken on another one of those guys. And that's why I preferred like the Steven Matz type of a deal on a guy that over the last few years, at least, has been super uh, durable. If you get Rodon and it breaks down for you, it could go really far south. And now you've got $22 million that's going towards a guy that's not in your rotation. Yes and no. I, I, I do agree with what you're saying, but I think going into this the offseason, St. Louis very much needed two starters, you know, not just one. So if you wanted to split it and say, okay, I want the reliable but low upside kind of guy in Steven Matz, like that's great. That works out perfectly. The second guy to me should be someone who, if things go right, can really give you that upside, who can start the first game or two of a playoff series. And I, I agree, you know, if he gets hurt, it's $22 million, but it's only a two-year deal. And the Cardinals didn't really spend much else this winter. They can certainly afford it, you know? So I really think that would have been the fit that they could have gotten. And instead, they went with Verhagen, who is probably, you know, lesser upside than Matt's is. And I just, I understand why Cardinals fans are maybe nonplussed about it all. On the offensive side for things, Mike, uh, a lot of people in St. Louis are expecting big things from their younger players, guys like Juan Yapez, Nolan Gorman, um, a, a player who's emerged in spring training, Brennan Donovan. Do you think that's the proper way to go? I know the NL Central's not in a good place right now, but relying on these younger players when you got teams like the Dodgers and the Giants and the Padres and the Braves and the Phillies, could the, could the Cardinals be zigging while the other teams are zagging? You know, I'm surprisingly okay with it. I know everybody wanted... Uh, you know, a big time infielder like Corey Seager, right? Would have been obviously the best fit. I don't think that the Cardinals should have gone out and topped a 10 year, $325 million contract. You know, if that's what he can get, then great. I'm not going to give the Cardinals a hard time for not matching that. What about the Carlos Correa deal though? Well, I think that's a fair point, but then I think that's true of about 25 other teams in baseball looking at that deal and saying, wait, how come we couldn't get him for that? So (laughs) it's true. How did the twins pull that off where nobody else could? Um, it's a stunner, and I don't have a good answer to that. And then you look at the way the rest of their roster is is positioned. Clearly, they're set in corner infield. They're not going to get a first baseman or a third baseman. Pretty set in the outfield. You know, I, I really liked the Corey Dickerson signing as a DH fourth outfielder veteran type. I like that a lot. But they were not going to go get a everyday starting caliber outfield. And that left the middle infield. And yeah, there are a lot of shortstops out there. But if you weren't going to pay more for Seager or Simeon, which I don't really think they were going to, I didn't really love the idea of Javi Baez as a fit. You know, I like him better with the younger team um, that's willing to deal with more variance that, that the Tigers are. I'm not sure there are actually great options for them, despite the fact that there were a lot of shortstops available. Now, if Paul DeJong goes out and has a poor first six weeks, and now this is like the third year in a row, he doesn't look that great. <laughs> you can roll this back and say, Mike, you're, you're a big fat idiot, but um, I kind of understand where they're going here. 
All right, we'll finish things up with this, Mike. We're talking to Mike Petriello, baseball writer and analyst for MLB.com and MLB Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike underscore Petriello. I wanted to get your thoughts on the Phillies. I find them to be fascinating. I would not build a team the way that they are building a team. It's like a beer league softball team where they're just trying to slug their way into contention. What do you make of them? What do you find interesting about the Phillies going into this year? I mean, I'll be interested to watch them mash homers like it's a home under <laughs> every night. Absolutely, for sure. That team is going to be a lot of, of fun. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure a Phillies fan with a heartburn issue because you're going to get a lot of that. What stands out to me is if you look at their bullpen, right, and the bullpen for them, even more than the defense, has been such a massive problem over the last couple of years. So they said, okay, we're going to go and try to fix this bullpen. And they have gotten a whole bunch of, like, one-year veterans who are like guys you remember, you know, like, Oh, it's Corey Cable. Oh, it's Brad hand. You know, it's, Oh, jury's familia. And those guys have talent and they've had long careers, but they are so like a high wire act in the best of times. And you're going to put those guys in that ballpark in front of those fans in front of that defense. And I, I worry about Joe Girardi's health for the rear. Honestly, that is just going to be a whole lot to watch in the late innings. They look like a dangerous team. And then, of course, the, there's the Dodgers. Mike, are the Dodgers still the most dangerous team in baseball? Oh, absolutely, yes. The funny thing is uh, I don't actually think they're as talented as they were at the end of last year, you know, because I liked the version of the Dodgers with Max Scherzer and Corey Seager <laughs> and Kenley Jansen better than I do now. And for most teams, you lose guys like that, and you say, oh, man, we're really going to take a step back. For them, it's, oh, okay, we'll just go sign Freddie Freeman. It's <laughs> It's fine. We're going to be fine. And then you look at their division, uh, all the respect in the world to San Francisco for what they did last year, you know, outplaying any expectation. And I think a lot of it's real. I don't think it's necessarily a fluke or something that can't be repeated, but they lost a lot of players. You know, you can't replace Buster Posey. They are not going to win 107 games again. You know, they could be 12 games worse and still be a 95 win team, which kind of points in the direction of the Dodgers being like, Hey, it's going to be a little bit easier for us. I don't think you're going to have that Giants team going nuts. The Padres are a little lesser without Tatis and forget the other two teams entirely. So not only are the Dodgers, the best team in baseball, they're going to have an easier path this year too. Mike, we'll get you out of here on this. I'm curious if I told you right now, you could take over any baseball team. You become the new GM president of baseball operations. You're in charge of their, their, their baseball side of things. Now, which one would you want to be in charge in starting now and then moving forward? And you can take that in any, any direction. Man, that is a really, really good and complicated question. I think I would say, you know, I don't want to start with somebody really good, the Yankees or the Mets, or, or, or not the Mets, the Yankees or the Dodgers, right? Because then if I win, what credit do I get? I'm I'm building off of what somebody else did. So I think what I want to do is I want to be the guy who takes over, you know, the Rockies or the Mariners and says, hey, these are cool places to live. You guys haven't won anything forever. I'm going to help you win. And then you get parades through downtown forever. That's what I want. He's Mike Petriello, one of the best in the business. I always love talking baseball with him. Mike, thanks so much for joining us today, man. Appreciate the time as always. Enjoy watching actual baseball. We've got the Cardinal spring training game on right now. This is wonderful, and we'll talk with you again soon. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.